shit! I'm gonna count to ten, and you're gonna hand over all the cash, or I'm gonna splatter your grease paint mug across the state line! One! Fuck your mama! Two! Fuck your sister! Three! Fuck your grandma! Most of all, fuck you! club members i'm kate and that's emma over there <laughs> over here just look over yonder right over there that's emma and welcome back to an exciting a very special episode of the nightlight horror movie club uh because we are covering a, a movie that emma specifically did not want to cover there really i knew that I knew a little bit about this movie just in like um, mostly because my mom was like, whatever you do, never watch this movie because dad tried to make her watch some of it. Did she say that? Yes. Um, <laughs> and I knew it was going to be kind of like gross, like a like gross horror. Um, and man, was it that and more. I'm sorry. So today's episode, normally our episodes are recommended by club members. I mean, I guess it was. It really was mm -hmm. because I'm a club member. Uh, all right. Um, we're pushing it. I am a club member. And after coming in second on the Patreon polls, which is where we normally get the episodes we cover, I made an executive decision that Emma had to watch this movie. Um, so patrons, I'm sorry, and I promise you're back in charge for the holiday horror pick, but it was worth it to see the look on Emma's face while we watched this, let me tell you. I could only imagine how my face reflected what I was feeling while watching this movie. I, um, at one point, you're, you had your eyes covered, <laughs> and I said, you have to watch <laughs> Which is so, um, like, you, I forget that people actually do that, because that's not something I normally do. But I found yeah, myself needing to eyes. do that. <laughs> needing to distance yourself. I just as was much like, I was like this has to end. Like I, this has to end. <laughs> it's not even that long. Man. I have thoughts about the ending, but we'll get there when we get there. It's only 89 minutes long. 89 minutes too long if you're Emma. Yeah, 89 minutes of my life I can never get back. Plus about 12 minutes of to be free TV commercials. While I watch the movies, I always have notes that I'm taking mm -hmm. uh, during the movie. And I have, for this movie, I have a couple of lists. I have list of stuff I love. Um, I have list of horrifying shit. Um, a list of tropes. And then at the very top, just circled by itself, is a quote that Emma said. That as soon as she said it, I had to write it down. And I wanted to <laughs> remind you that you said it. I'm trying to remember what it was. The movie. Yeah. <laughs> It was, we had just started it. The, they were, the teenagers were like still in the oddities gas station and you had to get up for a minute and you said, well, pause it. Well, I mean, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> did you know where it was going, Emma? Yes. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Okay. So I didn't know, like the, I didn't know it was going to a random house in that sense. Well, that's kind of a big point. I knew it was going to be real, real messed up backwoods people. Correct. It won't surprise you to know that Rob Zombie, who wrote and directed this movie, is a very big fan of the Texas Chainsaw movies. 
Yes, this was, uh, I, even I caught some heavy influences of that, particularly at the end. So spoiler alert, beep, beep, beep. Um, whenever she runs <laughs> out. our official spoiler? <laughs> yeah, it sounds noise. like a Subaru in reverse. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> um, but I think in particular, like whenever she got out of the, um, first of all, the house, and then um, her getting out of the car uh, or running out from the woods and getting into the car um, had this like, you're just talking about the entire ending of this movie. Yeah, I guess I am. But you know what I'm saying? Like well, it was just that vibe of someone one person finally like manages to crawl the way out and then it's very un you they soon get picked up and it's just you don't quite know. Well, I think they tell you what happens in this one. In this one they they give you a little bit more more information. I think they lay it out pretty explicitly. Yes, they give you more information. But before we can talk about the end, we have to talk about the beginning. And we don't always do a run through of the plot, but this time I want to do it just at least just briefly um because A, our mom was arguing arguing today on the phone that it's just a bunch of gore and that there's no plot. <laughs> And while there is a lot of gore, there is also um, some pretty involved, albeit insane plot. B, (laughs) I think a lot of people get distracted by the violence and miss the plot. And C, based on her facial expressions during the movie, uh, I think Emma was one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) Run through it real fast. Uh, Also for D, for people who haven't seen this movie and have no intention of seeing this movie. So, the movie set in 1977 where a group of teenagers, two couples, are doing a cross-country tour of offbeat roadside attractions. They come to a gas station slash roadside museum of oddities where they meet Captain Spaulding in his museum of the strange. They go through a death ride and they learn about a local legend, Dr. Satan, in addition to two actual uh, serial killers. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I recognize them immediately um, from their stories and also some from their photos. But ew, you know what they look like? Yeah, that's you know pretty how creepy. You just kind of want to know, like, would I recognize this person if they were in a gas station next to me? Would I know that they ew were like grave robbing? How do you sleep at night, Emma? Um, I watch shit like this <laughs> and I sleep just fine. But the things that you look at, highly recommend melatonin faces. and Benadryl and a pinch. There you go. Don't stop the true crime podcast. Just, you know, take some melatonin. You'll <laughs> no, be fine. no. What you do is you listen to it in the morning when you're showering and then you listen to it like around like that'll wake getting, you up getting ready for bed. And then for the last 10 minutes when you're falling asleep, asleep, you switch over to Harry Potter beautiful <laughs> it's a nice a little. recipe for a restful sleep <laughs> yeah well back to our four teens as they they take off to find um the tree from which dr satan was reportedly hung that's the fictional serial killer from the story and they pick up a young hitchhiker named baby firefly who claims she only lives a couple of miles away shortly after the vehicle's tires are burst which we later find out is because they were shot um by another member of the family and baby walks to her family's house along with the rest of the group only moments later we meet rufus who is the half brother of baby there's a whole family and he picks up all the strangers and takes the rest of them back to the house and then we get to meet mama firefly who's baby's mother we get to meet hugo firefly who's the adopted brother we get to meet um tiny uh who is anything but and then we are treated (laughs) to a beautiful dinner scene and then um we get some inside into some some insight into the this family 
and it's not good stuff. They're pretty fucked up people. After yeah, dinner's over, <laughs> they put on a, oh, I'm. It, it's important to know this is Halloween Eve. It's October 30th. Uh, and so they put on a Halloween show because Halloween is very important to this family. They have all the decorations all over the place, all like the paper mm-hmm. pumpkins and skeletons. I did kind of like that. I really like that. Um, as Emma put it, this movie is a vibe. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I said that pretty early. This is a vibe. I don't um, think it's her vibe, but I think it's, you know, it is a vibe, if nothing else. Yeah, this movie really is a vibe. I, I actually... There were certain parts that I was like, oh, I see. I see what's happening here. I could almost get into it. And then things would happen and I would become horrified quickly and resent the fact that I even started leaning into the vibe. I almost trusted you. (laughs) I almost fell for it. Well, back to our teenagers. They don't fall for it. They're like, these people are fucking creepy. And so they try to leave. But the family then attacks them at the gate and they do not get to escape. They then torture them in their home. One of their... um, dads was waiting for them to come home contacts the police uh that goes poorly and then the movie ends basically with only two of them left surviving dressed in bunny suits being taken out to i guess an underground well or something like that yeah i still am not entirely sure well, one of them almost survives, is able to make it through a series of mysterious underground chambers. Yes, we have to talk more about that. Yes, we do. She meets Dr. Satan, who is torturing her boyfriend, who was the other victim, meets Dr. Satan, manages to escape that somehow, um, crawls out from under the ground, gets into the car of um, someone who is driving by, who happens to be Captain Spaulding from earlier, um, falls asleep slash passes out only for one of her murderous captors to appear in the back seat. Yikes. And then she wakes up on Dr. Satan's operating table. And that doesn't even kind of a little bit justify. No. So not an uplifting uplifting movie. Um, But you said there was stuff that you liked about it. So, yes. The intro scene in particular, I thought was very strong. So this is whenever he, you meet Captain Spaulding and two people try to rob the place and end up getting very efficiently, honestly, shot. Um, And I felt like, and also when Rain Wilson and the other uh, college students or or young adults come and, and look around the place, then go on the tour, the acting was really good in that. Like no one can deny that the, the guy who plays Captain Spaulding does an amazing job. Yeah, Sid um, Haig is like um, kind of a, a big deal. Rest in peace was a big deal in that movie, but also a lot of cult horror movies in general. Yeah. He was absolutely incredible in this role. That is one of the best horror intros or movie intros in general that I've ever seen. Yeah, so he was very effective, very unique. Like It was very unique. Um, I enjoyed all of that, honestly. like I actually could have been like, yeah, I like this movie. And then... Um, it gets a little bit much for me um, to put it. So after lightly. the first ten minutes, yes. But I, I like, mm. I liked the style of the build up in the first ten minutes. Um, it just got like way too gross for me, and I kind of lost storyline. That's fair. Um, I think that's all very fair. I'm excited to see what you rate it and how this ranking is going to happen uh, at the end of this episode because it's going to be difficult but before we get there we have to do the fun stuff (laughs) before we fight 
Um, let's go through all the film breakdown. So film genre, I think I picked one that you will agree with for once. Gross. Gorer. <laughs> yes, I will. I can. I'll hop yeah. on board that train. <laughs> That's good. So this is a Gorer movie. It was released in 2003, although it was not made in 2003. Uh, I have a little story about that later. And it was made on a budget of somewhere between four and seven million dollars, and Whoa. it got sixteen point eight million at the box office. Okay, I said this to Kate last night, and I stand by it. I cannot believe this went to a movie theater. Kate, what was it that I said? You said <laughs> you were like, um, "Oh shoot, I forgot how it came up." But I said, "Yeah, oh, how much it made in theaters or something." You were like. You said, I want to know how well this did. And I said, well, I don't know how much it made in theaters, but I know how much, how well it did for like what it did for horror culture in general. And you looked at me with a look of genuine horror and you said, this was in theaters. (laughs) I said, this movie was not meant for the big screen. (laughs) Well, it almost wasn't. Should I tell you a little bit about that now? Actually, no, I won't. Because first I want to tell you a lot about Rob Zombie. (laughs) I can't decide. I'm I'm excited to hear this because I've heard peripherally about Rob Zombie in a lot of contexts, um, but I don't have a solid opinion of him. So I need some more information so I can judge him more fairly. Sure. So that's perfect because I have a whole Rob Zombie appreciation tangent that I'm about to go through. I that's love int- Rob Zombie. That's interesting because... In the reviews, which we'll talk about in a little bit, like he's a very um, uh, dichotomizing character. I'm sure he is. <laughs> like no, and like sure even for, even within the horror, like it's not just like oh, people are like ooh, gross, Rob Zombie, but like even people within horror, some people really love him, and some people don't like like him that much. Well, he's very extreme. Like his style is very extreme. Um, but I think I, I like his style. I've always liked his music. Um, this was this is one of the only movies of his that I've seen. Although, spoiler alert, I really, really like this movie. And the man is just a horror icon. So I wanted to know more about him going into this episode. So I did a lot of research into just him as a person and who he, who he was and how he became who he is. Um, I, I agree his style is not for everyone. But you can't deny that this guy is a creative visionary. Like he has a vision and he executes it. He has huh, a pun. <laughs> very, very vivid imagination. I'll give him that. I think he's just a really unique, inspiring and accomplished dude. And I want to give everyone just some insight into his life, into his life in general. So I'll start from when he was born. No, I'm just kidding. I'll pass it a little bit. <laughs> but he did um, whenever he growing up, his parents worked at a carnival in Massachusetts. He was just like a regular guy. Um, but they fled the carnival life after there was a violent riot that broke out. Oh my and God. I have a direct quote from him about that. He said, everybody's pulling out guns. You could hear guns going off. I remember this one guy we knew he was telling us where to go. And some guy just ran up to him and hit him in the face with a hammer. What the hell? And his parents packed up real quick and took off. Yeah. People this were explains setting all the a lot about fire. this man. How old was he when this happened? I think he was a teenager. Formative, formative years. One might say. Well, he still managed to graduate high school on time. He moved to New York City and attended the Pratt Institute, which is a top institute for fine arts. Um, And not two years after graduating high school, he founded White Zombie, which was a highly successful heavy metal band that jumpstarted his entire career. 
That I actually didn't know. Like I've heard of white zombie before. Maybe it's dumb of me, but I didn't like p- relate those in any way. Yeah, I that's just him. like <laughs> vague band, vague horror director, like not relevant that's- to my life. <laughs> It probably wasn't. Well, it, it was abandoned like the mid 80s and it went throughout the late 90s until he kind of, I don't know, went into filmmaking and the band just kind of disbanded naturally. Um, it won't surprise you to know that he has always had a fascination with horror films. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, because one of the one of the criticisms for him was was like in a couple of reviews was related to this being too similar to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I knew he must have some great ad, ad, admiration for it. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that review because um, I, I very strongly I think that they don't understand what archetypes are. But you just we'll don't understand. Well, I mean, that's what art will get to that in a minute. <laughs> that's fine. Well, I you, have, I have you a, had a bit of a defensive voice, Kate. I sure did. Went up a couple of I swear to God, this. if that's from the Austin Chronicle, I'm going to flip my gasket. <laughs> flip, not, not my lid, my gasket. Your gasket. Oh, that's dangerous. Well, I have a direct quote from him that says he wanted to be Alice Cooper, Steven Spielberg, Bella Lugosi, and Stan Lee. I'll be goddamned if he didn't do exactly that. <laughs> Like he um, did exactly I'm, that. Okay, I can definitely see a couple of those. I, I'm not sure where Stan Lee <laughs> fits in. Well, if you think about the fact that he created a franchise and that he was a part of, and he became, he mm-hmm. entered the world that was the most important Does he star to, to his him own, in his own movies. Well, he was um, an uncredited cameo as one of Doctor Satan's helpers. So yes, I would say so, <laughs> Emma. <laughs> just if, I, I like thought it was, when they do that that just to kind of give themselves a little kick you know like well, also this movie had like no no budget so i'm sure yeah. it was just like who fits the costume well i mean <laughs> even like the movies like um like the avengers which has a budget we can safely say correct stanley yes. will be like behind a coffee counter with like a magazine or something well yeah that's kind of his that's kind of his shtick yeah, I thought it was really cool that, um, you know, in this quote, he says that he wants to be like these people, one of which being Alice Cooper. And after White Zombie disbanded and he started his solo career, which was a humongous success, he was nominated for a Grammy for his very first solo effort that he did with Alice Cooper. What? Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really dope. He's collaborated yeah. with so many rock and metal artists at this, at this point, but it's just very cool that one of his idols he got to work with yeah, I in bet. his career, early in his, early in his career. Bet he was geeking out. His first solo album, his first debut album, he was nominated for a Grammy and got to work with multiple people for who his were his White idols. For his White Zombie album, he got nominated? Yeah, well, no. So White Zombie was pretty successful, but whenever it disbanded, he went solo. And his first album was Hellbilly Deluxe, and it took off. It was like number five on the Billboard 200 whenever it debuted. What year was this? Yes. And if you're not... I'm just trying to imagine what culture is, you know, that fits into the the mainstream of that culture for it to be so that popular. That's not just cult popular. 98. No, that's like that's like real mm-hmm. popular. That's just regular popular. It was in 98. Wow. And if you're not a metal fan or 
if you haven't listened to the album, it was heavily influenced by classic horror films. And so a lot of the songs sample from classic mm. horror movies, which is which is really cool. You guys should listen to it. Also, a lot of the songs were then used for yeah. movies <laughs> and um, also for a video game um, or different video games, mostly horror video games. And in addition to all of this stuff that he's accomplished at a very young age, he also had composed original scores for a video game um it was it's just a very big deal that all of this was such a commercial success because most of them are very much not whenever you get Mm -hmm. your debut solo album Mm -hmm. after leaving a band and then he went on to direct and write his first film all of this is before house of a thousand corpses and i don't know how it did financially at least initially because i'll leave that i leave that part for emma to research and then tell me which i know i'm going to be sad <laughs> about i don't want to know but i have to know but i can tell you that a house of a thousand corpses has had it's just become massively relevant to horror culture like the villains in this movie are horror icons and they're just creations from rob zombie for his first movie that he ever did i know which almost didn't happen yeah i actually i recognize Captain Spaulding not really the other ones as much because like core is not as I think we all know at this point not my thing um um, but but Captain Spaulding was one that I for sure recognize because I feel like he's been all over Halloween Horror Nights well it's interesting that you mention Halloween Horror Nights because that is very very relevant to today's movie for a couple of reasons so um first I just want to go into uh how I was introduced to this movie. Um, As a kid, my dad introduced me to most classic horror movies, you know, Silver Bullet, The Shining, Poltergeist, the list goes on. Um, This is not one of those movies. I was going to say, I hope to God people are going to (laughs) call protective services on you as as an adult. They're going to like retroactively Um, call CPS. Yes. (laughs) No. um, Mom was let a lot of things slide. I don't think she was ever going to let that slide. Um, Dad would know better than to say that. That's like not appropriate for an 11-year-old. And no offense to those of you who were 11 when you watched it, but you probably knew at the time. You felt guilty watching uh, it. This isn't for me, I don't think. (laughs) That makes me want to watch it more. My first exposure to House of a Thousand Corpses, I was an adult, thank God, but I was an adult at our (laughs) annual pilgrimage to Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, and there was a maze attraction, a really big publicized maze attraction that was themed after House of a Thousand Corpses, and there was a Rob Zombie-themed scare zone that cannot be topped. It is the best scare zone they've ever had. It was Hellbilly Deluxe, named after Mm -hmm. the album, and they were just, like, playing all the album music, and they had, like, Mm -hmm. scantily clad women in leather, like, slapping whips at people. It was freaking cool but the maze attraction um had so many scenes they managed to fit so many scenes from this movie into the maze they had the ex- the entire exterior was the gas station complete complete with like the shaking clown outside. i would like to see that it looked so good you can probably look up photos of it it was a huge well-publicized maze and they have the why don't you just take your mom home some chicken then and they have I Want to Be Loved by You. They've got Fish Boy. They have the Who's Your Daddy scene. They have Dr. Satan's Underground Cave. They have so That's many scenes impressive. from this movie. I feel like I, whenever, it was really whenever good. I was watching it, I thought like this would look so cool um, in a haunted house. The, um, the skeletons all along the wall that you have to walk through. And, like, and you could have scare actors kind of like hidden in the walls. I thought that that would be so very cool. Yeah, so that 
moves very nicely into what I'm about to talk to next, which is how did this movie happen? So way back in 1999, Rob Zombie was picked up to design a haunted maze for a very special annual Halloween event. Wait, what? Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, the production team worked really closely with Rob Zombie to create the thrilling, chilling world of Rob Zombie as one of their mazes, which was incredibly popular. The house was such a success that Universal immediately invited Zombie back to Horror Nights the following year to make another maze. And it was the second maze that would be so successful that it would be expanded and upscaled into an actual movie. You're telling me that maze was Rob Zombie's The House of a Thousand Corpses maze. Are you are you serious? So I'm it was serious. Halloween this Horror Nights out as a Horror Nights attraction. That I did not know. That is a great reveal, Kate. I'm very impressed and very glad that I did not get this spoiled for me as I was like reading about this. That is so cool. It was like when you were sitting there last night, and you're like, this would have made a really good maze. I can see this as a horror maze. I'm like, can you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> me too, I'm Emma. To, I'm looking the it up sets. Now. The characters, the props, they were all created for Halloween Horror Nights, but then used in the production of this movie. Captain Spaulding, the Firefly family, the murder ride. Oh, the murder uh, the ride. The Museum of Monsters and Mayhem. Yeah, all of <laughs> Emma said with, with fondness. That, the murder ride I thought was very cool and creepy. Oh, the murder ride. Wow. I'm looking at some photos from it. It is it's creepy as hell. These sounds are a lot. But the Universal executives greenlit the film production based solely on how popular the Horror Nights maze was. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. In, like, imagine a, a maze being so successful that they're like, yeah, we'll make this a movie. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> so Zombie later said, there, I have a direct quote from him. Um, I was in the office of the head of production or something. <laughs> and he asked me if I had any movie ideas. And so I pitched him corpses, uh, which was very rough at the time because I wasn't ready. And I made it up on the spot and he liked it. And so I went home, wrote a 12 page treatment and met up with them. And two months later, we were shooting. Oh, wow. That's and it gets crazier. Mm -hmm. It gets way crazier. So the starting budget was really small. It was like about mm -hmm. $4 million. Like in the when in the intro, I said four to seven because we don't actually know what the final budget was. Um, but basically, they threw them a pretty small budget. And Zombie knew he didn't have the funding for a really strong ending. So he was just hoping that he would shoot what he could with what the studios gave him. And then they would say the ending sucks. And then they would fork up more dough <laughs> <laughs> to make it better <laughs> for the ending. But basically, with the budget that they had, they shot it over two weeks right there on the Universal Studios Hollywood backlots, um, which is tricky because those backlots are part of a functioning theme park. They did. Which was open during filming. Wow. That seems like a lot of background noise that you'd have to like be really careful about filtering out. Correct. Yes. And I didn't even know they had that much space <laughs> to, uh, to accomplish that. Yeah. Apparently I haven't been to Universal Studios Hollywood, but they have whole backlot tours oh. that you can go through that feature sets from other movies. And so they used a lot of set pieces from other mm -hmm. movies to make this movie. And then they supplemented some of the props and set design from the maze. Gotcha. Gotcha. To make the movie. And they did all of it over two weeks. And then the outdoor shots they filmed out on a ranch in Valencia, California. And then all the randomly interspliced like cutaway scenes. Mm -hmm. They just filmed those in Zombie's Basement. <laughs> That's uh, way creepier and makes me uncomfortable, to be honest. <laughs> and also, um, they shot two versions of most scenes. They had one that was less gory that they could use if they had to to appease Universal producers. Um, I don't understand 
Like I thought that, how old is this movie? When did this movie come out? So that's a, that brings me to my next point that I'll get to in, after you're done talking. But basically the movie was made in the year 2000, but it wasn't released until 2003. So in 2003, um, I know that we've had like all these evolutions and stuff with horror, but that, I feel like this was one of, this has got to be the most gory movie that I've, most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Um, and I don't know how it made it into theaters. Wow. It almost didn't. <laughs> Multiple times it almost And so it didn't. just makes me so uncomfortable so, for what the alternative ending would have been. Like, that's messed up. And stop smiling. Um, it's so deeply I guess, disturbing. <laughs> I guess we're not going to be uh, covering the two sequels to this Fuck movie. Fuck no. <laughs> I have paid my dues. This, these are dues. Consider them eternally paid to you guys emotional dudes. i knew i didn't want to watch this movie i've told y'all i'm scared of horror i've been pretty patient with a lot of these y'all been pretty okay Thank with you. me and this one was like so much for me Emma, thank you so much for letting me do this. I know I came over to see Emma and she we met right after work. I came from work and she came from work and we're both in our scrubs. And Emma is exhausted <laughs> and tired. And I'm like, I brought pizza. Yeah, she totally buttered me up with pizza. And it worked. <laughs> I did. It worked. Briefly. But back back to your point, how did this movie get released? And it almost didn't. But prior to releasing the movie, Zombie had a very like come to Jesus meeting with the Universal producers about what this film was. He wanted to make sure that they understood what movie mm -hmm. they had just made. And so he had a he had that talk and he later got a call from the head of Universal who was like, yeah, we need to have a chat. And he was worried because he's like, oh, no, they're going to make us do reshoots. And she was like, um, no, I think that this movie is going to get an NC-17 rating. So we're not releasing it. That's what I thought. Like, the, I was like, the fact that this was R, I didn't I don't understand how it was R and not NC-17. Uh, the original cut was NC-17 or it would have been. I don't ever want to see that. Uh, no, you don't. Um, so the movie got shelved for months. They were like, it was just kind of in limbo. Like, are we going to, mm -hmm. are we doing this? Are we, or is this project completely scrapped? Like mm -hmm. we've already finished it. And Rob is pretty pissed at that point. And so he just buys the rights to the film. And then he goes to make a deal with MGM to release it. And at that point, Rob has been saying some incendiary stuff about Universal. Oh, like what? Um, which is hilarious considering we know how this ends where Universal has uh, a huge production event centered around this movie. But we'll get to that irony in a minute. But basically he had been saying like these guys don't have any like creativity. Mm -hmm. Like these guys don't know what they're doing. Um, stuff that I think is valid because they agreed to make mm -hmm. the movie. You know what I mean? And then whenever um, stuff got real, they backed mm -hmm. out. They chickened out. So then, it, then MGM backed out. They were like, well, we actually don't want to touch this either. So at this point, Zombie's thinking he's just going to release the film himself without the backing of a major production company. But thankfully, Lionsgate Entertainment, they were looking to kind of voray into um, some mm -hmm. different types of movies. And they're mm -hmm. like, maybe horror will be the direction we that go. Is and they a took big a leap, leap. And they just stepped in and signed on. And, it, and it, I think it paid off for him. So they, they then had to cut and edit the movie down to get an R rating, which is probably why this movie is only 89 minutes. And um, most of the cut footage uh, was would not surprise you. Uh, Emma, guess which character had most of their footage cut? Um, would it be the guy with the stringy hair? No, actually, no. Uh, it was Baby. Oh, ew. Why? That, I know. <laughs> 
Well, she had some of the most horrifying scenes. The pulling of the scalp was really bad. The scalp was really bad. Wait, can you tell me which one? Can you tell me just real quick what the scariest part for you was? Oh, the scariest part for me by far was the who's your daddy bit. Yeah, that was the scariest part for me. That's what I was going to say. Like the most horrifying, the most difficult. Like I think my hand was, I know what it was, but then my, my hands over my mouth. And they're like, I'm the one that brings you Christmas candy. So I did not know what it was. Because we're you're kind of figuring it out as she's figuring it out. Yeah, I was so I was so disgusted. And that was the moment where I said, like, or said to myself, I guess, like, this is so much that like I I'm not like entertained disgust. I'm just like completely turned off and need to turn this move. <laughs> turn like like I can I'm not shocked that mom could probably didn't even get like five minutes in. Cause at that point oh my gosh just so so very much oh, mom didn't get to so who's your it daddy was just a lot if you guys haven't seen the movie the the bit that we're talking about is whenever i mentioned earlier one of the characters one of the teenagers um one of the the girls her dad is waiting for her to come home and she doesn't come home and so he contacts the police and they kind of go out on their own trying to figure out what's going on and so they get killed by this family and one of the family members, while the remaining teenagers are tied up and tortured, they, t- they, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Is there a word for this? Uh, take his face off. They wear his face. <laughs> they skin him. Yeah, I guess so. And then they make like a little suit and he's got, they've got his face and then his like torso skin that they've sewn together and he's wearing a cape. I mean, it's. A little inspired, you know, it's another little homage to or homage to um, Texas Chainsaw. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of Texas Chainsaw in here. But this is, again, like the crazy family. We'll get there. But as like whenever you first see it, they don't like show him. I don't think they do like show them like skinning the face and like putting it on. Like they don't line it up up for you very nicely. They're just like figure it out. And so as the, the way that they're getting the girl to figure it out, it's another way of torturing her is they're like approaching her and like basically playing like guess who oh my god (laughs) and saying i'm the one who brings you christmas candy and then the girls are like who's your daddy and they keep doing this game of like hey guess whose face i'm wearing it's your dad oh oh yeah that was on my list um of horrifying shit one of the you know my two lists yeah (laughs) my three lists that was a a lot that's on my list uh the death sequence with the cops simply because of the how how long they made me wait to see that cop get shot yeah because you know it's gonna happen the this is hell man um you know the guy that's like ranting and raving yeah the betty boop dance the little Marilyn Monroe I want to be loved by you was horrible and then uh fish boy is also on that list What would you do if I just started crying right now? Y'all would feel bad, wouldn't you? You'd think, oh, I crossed Don't a line. Don't fake cry for, <laughs> for sympathy. I'll do it. What was the part where you covered your eyes? Um, I definitely covered my eyes. I guess you wouldn't for, know your eyes. Yeah, for who's your daddy, for sure. The process of all of the cops getting murdered was a lot for me. Um, mm-hmm. The fish boy stuff was a lot. Um I'm trying to think what other things. The scalping was a lot. Uh, just ugh, ugh. You see why a couple of production studios were like, "No, thank you, please." Absolutely. If I was, if I was a production studio, and I've learned, I f- I'd like to say that I've learned to at least appreciate horror. You know, as part of this club, <laughs> uh, I would say absolutely not. 
Well, absolutely. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I'm just not. imagining the universal team being like, Rob Zombie did such a good job with job with those two mazes. We're so excited to see what he, yay, Rob Zombie. What the fuck did he do? <laughs> yeah. What have we gotten ourselves? No, back out. I just like, I'm just Cancel. like, how We're can, done. if I told you, imagine Kate, I told you a story. Like I have this really interesting story and it involved like skinning someone's face uh, like someone's parents coming to save them and then getting shot and then I'm going to skin off their face and then like wear it and surprise the child. Like you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That would be your thought process. So it just so, makes me really wonder about Rob Zombie because I'm just like, how did, how is that an organic thought that came into your healthy, well-adjusted mind? That's my concern. I think that's why I like Rob Zombie so much because he he can think about this stuff. He can create stuff like this. It's weird and out there and nuts and inspired by classic horror that involves a lot of the archetypes of classic mm-hmm. horror and um, becomes classic or- horror in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But he's also just like a very cool person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's like vegan. They, he and Sherry Moon, you know, baby from this movie, they're married and they have a farm in Massachusetts where they like rescue farm animals. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like very cool people. And also to prove how cool he is, he he didn't hold a humongous grudge at least against Universal Studios because he let them use House of a Thousand Corpses. He let them kind of come crawling mm-hmm. back to make them so much money because this horror maze brought so much money for their park which is kind of like, I can imagine being really fucking yeah. pissed and being like, well, you didn't want to make this yeah. movie, as I recall. You didn't want to make this tiny movie. And I haven't mentioned it before, but both Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon toured the house at um, Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. It's a fun thought. Just like, imagine how surreal that yeah. must have been. At this point, they would have seen it in a lot of iterations, kind of. But this would be kind of, it would, this one would be like the penultimate one. Well, I think the penultimate one would probably be the, second sequel that they made which came out in 2019 this was was this the devil's reject is that what the one no the devil's rejects was the the first sequel that came out in 2005 the next sequel was three from hell which came out in 2019 are these all about that family correct yeah it's kind of like where they are now absolutely not why would you go back for (laughs) more that's a hard no yeah y'all please (laughs) please help me understand (laughs) i just like so um, I guess now is a good a time as any. Uh, Rob Zombie's intent and kind of what happened, because again, the Firefly family, they're all horror icons. They're like a big part of horror culture, um, at least like modern horror culture, I would say. And he wanted the audience to be kind of paying attention to them and rooting for them more and care about them and their story more than mm-hmm. the teenagers. Which like so Universal had said that they wanted the film, especially in initial development, to focus more on the group of teenagers and to go over their cross country mm-hmm. trip. But and this is another direct qu- quote from Zombie. He said that he knew that nobody gives a shit about their road trip. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and he wanted the audience to cheer for them, cheer for the bad what? guys a little bit. Um And this is another direct quote. He said, I didn't consciously think of it at the time because I was trying to make the two main characters, the two teenagers, um, likable. But it's like when you saw Beetlejuice and you can tell all Tim Burton cared about was Beetlejuice. (laughs) Yeah. It's like all the love went into the villains. Yeah. And Emma, now that you're um, horrified, I just want to go ahead and say 
Is this one of my favorite movies? Yes. Is this, in my opinion, one of the best horror movies of all time? Are you? Yes. Is that something I openly share with acquaintances? No, no. I would I would discourage <laughs> you from that. In fact, this is I'm like let's you know let's let them know I'm not a threat. <laughs> this is the place where you let your freak flag fly here in the horror club. Correct. Um, no, I I would maybe I don't need in people any, in any fascination and that that <laughs> isn't any thought, especially like at work where I take care of people's like puppies and kittens. Yeah, I don't want them to be like, oh yeah, my favorite movie. Oh, you know that one where they scalp people. Oh my, <laughs> oh my god, I just have no words. Was there anything that? Well, you said that you liked the mm-hmm. intro. That's the only thing that you liked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there were some. We he, he, they got a chuckle out of you a couple of I times. Thought, like um, so Goober. I think, at yeah, the liquor I think store. Some of the, um, I think some of the writing's really good. Actually, I think the actors are very good. Um, I think. So, like, I liked all of those things sincerely. I thought that the the ending was. Um, too long, which was weird because it wasn't a very long movie. It's like it went really fast, and then the ending just seemed to last like thirty minutes. So that that, cut, that was a little bit took me out of it. Um, which maybe I would agree with that. And then um, I kind of lost the plot. I the like I didn't really. This, I'm so sorry. And I kind of lost the plot along the way. So I felt like like I wanted to watch the movie from the first fifteen minutes. I wanted to watch that movie with um captain spaulding like i thought he was the most engaging character in the entire movie and so the fact that he was kind of gone after 15 minutes kind of bummed me out um and while i was fascinated by the introduction of the the other um family members they didn't maintain my interest like and and i did not care about them in like a I don't know. I wasn't interest, as interested as I think Rob Zombie wanted me to be. And then on the other hand, I um, I, I think as maybe he intended for me to be, I thought that the the high, the like students or young people were kind of were very unlikable and kind of idiots with the exception of Rain Wilson, who I actually thought was pretty likable. Um, so he died he first, and I, I feel like I might have even liked the movie more if he made it farther along because he was a, he was intelligent and kind of clever, versus like having the girls stay alive. They were so they were so annoying from the very get go that by the end of it, I didn't really care about yeah. anyone. So I and then it was going slow. So I kind of it kind of pulled me out towards the end. I think that they, I agree with the, I do agree with what you're saying. I think that the survivor girl or the final girl trope was what he was going for so he could get that final shot. But I think that would have been I think the trope would have still been there and the archetype would have still been there if they had done it mm-hmm. with Rain Wilson and kept his because his character was the most fleshed By out far. of any of the teenagers and the most likable. I think that if they had kept him going until the end, I would have liked yeah. that better. I, and I. I do think I on occasion he does like a tropes for tropes sake. Um, and we'll talk about reviews in a little bit, but I know that that's something that gets mentioned. And I thought about that before I ever read a review was like, okay, I see you're doing the people come to rescue them and die before that happens. The the crazy inbred family at home, the one girl escaping and then getting caught anyway. Like I saw all of those things. I like I could appreciate that they were, you know, giving a nod to to other horror, but I didn't felt like it enriched the movie necessarily. I disagree with that. Um, 
I I think I I see where you're coming from, and as someone who doesn't. I can, you know, honestly, not even just because you don't care for horror. I can see that being a problem for anyone. Um, I like tropes when they're done effectively, especially in horror. I think that Cabin in the Woods is a really good example of that. Um, that that one's a little bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Clever. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> no. Damn it! Now I wish I. Had <laughs> Let me try that. Let me try that one again. Cabin in the Woods did that as well. I think that one's a little bit more. Clever. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> okay. We get it. You don't no, like it's this not movie. that. I mean, but like that was by Joss Whedon who like, I mean, we have some questionable, we have some concerns with him, but that is a. It, yes, we do. He is known to write very, have very clever writing teams and, and that one is obviously a very clever movie. Um. Well, this this isn't a writing team, right? This is just well, Rob Zombie. This is just his... him, and this is this is the first this is the first movie yeah. he's ever made. This is his de- directorial and writing debut, and I think that there are some things that are really, really strong about it. I agree. There's things that, looking back, I would do differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or I would want done differently. Um, the, the but there are things that are just really, really outstanding. So like the black humor, like you said, is excellent, and also. Um, unintentional originally. <laughs> so like if you've seen this movie, one thing that really stands out about it is it employs a lot of like black humor. And that's not how they had, that's not the tone really? they were originally going for. They're originally going for something less, less campy and a little more serious. Oh. And this is another quote from Zombie. <laughs> he says, it turned out a little wackier and campier than I originally intended. But as we were shooting, that's the tone that it was turning out to be. Movies sometimes dictate their own course. So mm-hmm. I just sort of went with it. I, um, I actually, I thought, like, I thought a lot of the lines, um, there were some really good lines in it. Um, and then I did think that there were some lines that like, like for some reason, I I could never come around to the way baby laughed. Like, I it felt even I it, <laughs> it bothered just bothered me you. It felt fake, even if the character was faking her laugh. It just like it, it it had such a like a like no one in their lives has ever laughed like that voice that it almost brought me out of her character a little bit because I felt like her character was pretending even when she was like gleefully laughing about someone dying. Um, so I think those were like the campy things I didn't love. There were other like lines and things that I found that were very, like, very good. And I laughed despite myself. Yeah. Despite yourself. <laughs> I tried not to, I but mean, it just happened. Well, I, I liked Baby's character, but I can absolutely see where someone wouldn't. Like that one I don't fault, for you, fault you for at all. Now I guess is a good enough time to talk about the cast. I just want to talk very briefly about everyone because this was a really, really good cast. Not like a star-studded cast or by any means because this was a very tiny movie. But the cast was so good and definitely one of the strong points of the whole movie. And so I'll just start with Baby. So that's Sherry Moon, um, now known as Sherry Moon Zombie because that's Rob Zombie's wife. They eloped an, um, not a little, a little before the movie was released, so after they made it in um october 31st of 2002 um that is halloween very, very spooky. spooky although it wasn't for spooky reasons <laughs> it wasn't for spooky reasons they had um they had been together for nine years at that point and they had announced a, their engagement and they were planning a wedding and they even had a wedding date and then a little bit before the wedding they were like no like i don't want i want this to be like about us you know what i mean i want this to be like just me and you and so they had like a private ceremony mm. before the wedding which also makes me like them more um because yeah, sure that's is. what i did also <laughs> i did the same thing 
so I just thought that was very sweet and it just mm-hmm. makes me like them even more. Sid Haig, we've talked about a lot. That's Captain Spaulding. The far, star far. of this movie, in my opinion, the star. Uh, Tiny Firefly, who is the the big tall mm-hmm. guy um, who eats his cereal out of a dog <laughs> sure bowl, <laughs> out of a labeled dog bowl. Um, that that actor's name is um, Matthew mm-hmm. McRory. He is no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, but he was seven foot tall. Oh my six gosh, inches. seven and a half feet I bet he had tall. Marfan syndrome. He was the Guinness World Record. Sorry, <laughs> I really can't can't keep that up. <laughs> can't, you can take the doctor out of the hospital. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. He yeah, was seven well, feet. Maybe I don't. I didn't look it up. His name? His name was Matthew McRory. I bet his heart was way too big. Uh, well, he did pass of congestive heart failure. I'm telling you. All right. We, we get it. You're a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at what you do. But he was the Guinness World Record holder for the tallest actor as well as the biggest feet. And he had the Guinness World Record for longest toe. <laughs> I didn't realize he was quite that tall in the movie. Yeah. He was over five feet tall by the time he finished kindergarten. What? I have to find out more. In that know everything. All right. You can do your medical research onto him later. But I thought it was very sweet that he, when, after he passed, Rob Zombie dedicated the film sequel, The Devil's Rejects, Aww. in his memory. That's really sweet and sad. I'm telling you, he's a good guy. It's yeah. very sad. Well, Grandpa Firefly passed um, after this movie was made. And so they dedicated this movie in his Aww, memory, too. Grandpa. So. Gotta chew really your sweet. food better than that. Bill Mosley. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that is like the one thing I remember about the grandpa from this movie is he just constantly <laughs> has food in his mouth. his mouth. I'm like, that's an aspiration He's risk. Disgusting. <laughs> okay. And also Otis, who is the you know, the blonde oh, guy I, I, that makes yes, fish boy. I know him well. He has one of my favorite lines from the movie, which is where he calls um, Denise, what was it? M- middle class, Malibu middle class Barbie. And I was like, damn. I mean, they had some good lines. It was a sick burn. You can't, you can't take that, take that away that from whole, him. That whole scene was just gold. The way he was like, oh, I bet you've never worked a day in your life. And she's like trying to nod like, yes, I, I've worked. And he's like, oh, I'm sure like scooping ice cream with your shit ass friends. <laughs> Which is probably exactly what she did. Got Pro- socks with Mickey Mouse on one side and Donald Duck on the other. I'm like, damn, <laughs> he has got you pegged. down. Yeah. Pegged. But he is, that that actor's name is Bill Mosley. He is a Yale graduate, uh, a former journalist, and then later a horror icon. He reminds me a lot. Uh, first of all, that's very impressive. But also, this was just, I have to say this because it was bothering me so much during the movie. I really feel like he looks a little bit like um if you've seen 30 rock um remember uh jenna's like boyfriend on 30 rock he's like a famous comedian yeah he, will forte he looks kind of like he will looks kind of like will forte am i right yeah he, he and i thought the he, same thing he got more psychotic looking and he looked a little bit less like him they did make him look <laughs> incredible whatever they did with his makeup he looked so disgusting to me like so disgusting the hair it was the hair and then his Stringy eyes would get hair. red oh yes i hated it He's also known for another cult classic that I shockingly haven't seen yet. I need to. I know Don't I need to. Don't even say to, it because we're going to have to cover it and I'm going to hate it. 
I don't think it counts as horror, but neither does a lot of the things we cover. Um, Repo, the genetic opera. Hmm. I think we haven't we mentioned that one before. Have we? Oh, I think it might have. That that might have been a conversation with me and um, horror movie talk. But <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting that it came up regardless. Yeah. And then one more thing I want to mention as far as our impressive cast is Karen Black. She's Mother Firefly horrifying Mm -hmm. Uh, she was a major hollywood actor in the 70s and she was nominated for an academy award and won a golden globe are you what she was really good (laughs) yeah she She was really good she looks like a um a different generation of the bend and snap woman oh like a like a old hollywood jennifer coolidge yes yeah i feel that it does okay yeah, no, I like I only have good things to say about the cast. Like I actually think everyone was good with the exception of Baby's Laugh, which drove me up the wall. Um I, I thought that the plentiful. acting was good. And it was a lot. You could not escape it, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that does sound just like it. Ew, that I was hate pretty that. Good. <laughs> well, now that I've been um just kind of talking about how amazing it is, I'm I know that it didn't do well initially. I know that just from knowing about the movie, but I don't know how how bad the damage is as we would ask goober emma what's the damage the damage is quite severe <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines from the whole movie you have to be the there to get it yeah I, I laughed at that for sure um but you can't keep me from telling you the the cold awful truth and um that no, is that it's bad <laughs> so yeah so this movie got 20 percent from rotten tomatoes <gasps> That's so much worse than yeah, I thought it was. It was worse than I anticipated. I was like, there's enough sickos like my sister and my fellow <laughs> okay. club members who would like this movie. <laughs> there's enough sickos out there in a club hanging out together. <laughs> um, but the kind of the, it went kind of down two tracks. And I'll give you a little excerpt from one of the bad tracks, but then I'll give you also an excerpt from the good track that you will, I, I suspect, relate to more. So... <laughs> One um, is kind of talking about just the trope, tropiness of it. So it says, the storyline is way too familiar. Four young people meet weirdos in the backwoods and die. The first half of the film is presided over by Sid Haig as a crazy clown. I love this guy in the 70s Filipino flicks I regularly watch him in. And he's even better here. Self-knowing, kinetic, lightning, lighting up the screen. But this part has little to do with the real plot that sees our protagonist getting stuck in a remote farmhouse and killed by a family of psychopaths. Some are familiar. Blonde wacko Bill Mosley showed up in the Night of Living Dead remake, as did lawman Tom Tolls, while others, like Sherry Moon, Zobby's wife, are newcomers. And in her case, she should have stayed that way. She's awful. <gasps> oh, my. They just say she's awful? <laughs> they literally do. It's just in parentheses. He's like, by the way, she did a trash job. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So basically, like, he just goes on to say that it's just the best part was at the beginning and then there's uh, some issues as you kind of proceed through the the film, which I partially agree with and partially don't agree with. I think he's a little harsh. I didn't think she was an awful actress. I just fucking hated that laugh, but I think that might have even been on purpose. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I, but I think you can't do that laugh on accident. <laughs> no, but I think like, I don't know. I, I have, I have talked about this laugh long enough. Um, <laughs> but there were some people who were along the lines of our club members. Um, though if there are any club members who need an SOS for this movie, let me know. Just let me know. You don't <laughs> have to message you hated Kate. this movie, <laughs> message me so that I'll send it to Emma. Yeah. 
I just need to know I'm not alone. Please subject line it for Emma. (laughs) So I know. So basically this one goes, The power of this film lies in the fact that the screenplay covers all kinds of successful horror premises. Serial killers, mad doctors, a family of crazies, deranged clowns, devil worshippers, you name the type of terror and House of a Thousand Corpses features it. And it basically just goes on to say that it, it does a beautiful job of bringing in some of um, these beloved tropes as well as incorporating mu- the music of Rob Zombie in a very unique way. And that they go on to say that it's an impressive, um, an impressive, um, impressive intro into filmmaking. And I think that's kind of where things divide as some people say you know what he did too much too soon you whenever you're making your first movie you don't have to do it all and then some people say I think it's pretty dope that he did it all and one of those people is me <laughs> and one of those I people is that, me <laughs> yeah I, I I just think that he's Rob Zombie is just extremely inspiring and accomplished and even if you think this movie is gross even if you hated this movie, you have to at least give it to him that he put everything that he had into it and made something different that's also like a nod to horror movies that inspired him. I'll consider it. You'll consider it. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying to butter you up because the next part is we have to rate and rank this. Oh, this is my moment. Okay. My time yeah. to shine. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'll, remember, we rate it from 1 to 10. There are no negative numbers. It is all um, positive integers. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give this 10 out of 10 pieces of Christmas 10? candy. I'm giving it 10, baby. And you said 10 out of 10 what? Pieces of Christmas candy. Ooh, I don't like I it. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> Like it. I want out. <laughs> I made a grave mistake. It's like you've made a fatal right. error is how I feel right now. You've made a fatal error. <laughs> All right, what what would you give it if you had to rate it? I would give it I would give it three out of ten. <laughs> three out of ten um trips through the the gas station haunted house. Murder ride. Yeah. Three out of ten trips through the murder ride. Yep. Okay. Okay. I could have been harsher. I know. And and that's why I'm not saying anything. You know, I was going between three and four, and I think that there's just some of like the the grossness I just really can't get past. And I so that's like on the one hand, when I think about that, I'm like, oh, like that's just my, you know, that's just my like level, you know, my cutoff for grossness. Um and but then I think about the ending and I'm kind of I think the ending's a little bit of a bummer overall. So I think three's fair. Okay, this is going to make our next part very difficult. It sure is. Now we have to rank <laughs> it on the list. How nope. are we going to do this? Um, It is going to be a time. This is a top three movie for me. Absolutely fucking okay. not. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. I'm All using right. um, any token I've ever had I'm using today to prevent that from <laughs> happening. I cannot be on this podcast and absolutely hate top three movies how about can it be in the top half at least yeah it can be in the top half okay okay that's very gracious of you yeah i'm nothing if not a gracious and benevolent ruler okay (laughs) well where would you put it if you had to put it somewhere that's in the top half is it the Um, bottom of the half i so i probably let's why don't we pull it up and see because i have to be reminded of what actually is in the bottom and do i like how do i feel it compares to those 
I have it in front of me and dead in the middle is like right at the end of the first half at number 32 is the 2013 Evil Dead. Well, this is unfair. And then at 31 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I think that's a good place to slot it, right? I think it definitely has to go under the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my God, you're putting this as low as possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we have um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead, Insidious, then Idle Hands, Black Christmas, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You haven't seen any of those movies, have you? Um, I've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen Black okay. Christmas, 1974. Um, okay. Where I would you rate this with Black Christmas? So I'm really torn because... I think parts of this movie are so like the first 15 minutes of this movie honestly makes me want to put it like way higher, but then just the rest of the movie doesn't do it for me. Um, uh, okay. Let, why don't we just split the difference and do number 32 and it'll be right next to its beloved Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but underneath it and above evil dead. Mm-hmm. I'll have, you'll have to speak okay. to evil dead, but I think I, I mean, this is a top three movie for me, so I want to put it as high as I can get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> so that's Sorry. that's as high as you'll get it the bottom the new bottom of the first half uh, i think that's fair okay you know what when neither Man. of us is happy and that's how it goes that is how, you know <laughs> we've been doing so well recently we've been really agreeing and getting along we, have. we were we were due for one of these yeah this movies. is what the club needs just a little bit of healthy um healthy healthy discourse yeah well that's that we, we got it we got some healthy discourse i'm okay with this um Okay. Because of what I have done to you to get here, I am so sorry, and I'm Hard so thankful earned. that you did it. <laughs> yeah, so, y'all, like truly. I am not. This is not bullshit. Like it really bothered me. Emma's Whoa. arms are firmly, staunchly crossed right they now. Are. I didn't even know that. <laughs> like I'm like I need to go cuddle Raja. Um, That's okay. fair. So this is the new number thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Thank you so much, Emma. Really. Thank you. I love you. I love you. You're the best. <laughs> You're so pretty. You're so pretty. All right. Um, Before well, you try to butter me up, I want to know what's going to be next. Well, I'm about to have to um, let the patrons decide. It's our holiday movie. So it's going to be a couple of holiday movies. We got Gremlins thrown in there. We got Krampus. We're going to see what they decide. Do me a so favor, guys. Let, let us just do the Gremlins. Like how much fun would that be? <laughs> If you love me, you'll let us do the Gremlins. No, no. Let's watch the Gremlins smoke cigarettes. No. Like, you know you want to. You know you want to hear us cover that. I don't, I, I'm my, I'm, I'm going to just say, I don't think Gremlins is going to win, but I have been wrong before. Oh, I really hope it does. That would really bring me, bring me some Christmas joy. Well, if you guys want to bring us Christmas joy, um, please let people know about this podcast. Um, let your friends know, your family know. Um, if you feel so inclined, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We really do appreciate it. It makes a difference for the algorithms that be. And we'll do a happy dance just for you. Yeah. <laughs> make us so happy. <laughs> and I'll just give one last pitch and say, you know what? Think of all the meme content of the gremlins that we could put on Instagram. Okay. okay. There's so much meme content. Rich in gremlin memes. It's true. <laughs> it really is. It's true. Okay, well, guys. Thank you all so, so much um, for letting me torture Emma and for letting me pick the movie this week. And Emma, thank you so much for letting me do it. I had a really good time. <laughs> I hope it was still kind of fun for you, Emma. It kind was an of, experience. It was, okay, it was a good time. I'll take it. I will not push it. But we will see you guys next time. Stay spoopy.
I wanna be kissed by you.